0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of Under the Covers with Eve. So let's get cozy and have a little chat, okay, this time, about body image. Now, I know there's a lot of talk lately about body image for both men and women, about images in the media and in games, etc. And, you know, while I could say all the typical things about how it's what's inside that counts, which is true, Instead, I'm going to focus on a different aspect of this issue for this little ramble. Maybe something you haven't thought about before, which is what I love to do get you thinking about things so hopefully you can come to some new conclusions for yourself. So, <laughs> the first thing I want to say about this is that, with the exception of a few really egregious examples. I don't think we should blame the media, I'm doing air quotes, which you can't see the media, for body image issues. And this is because, well, for as long as there has been such a thing as the media, <laughs> there have been images of exceptional or extraordinary people used to sell things. It's not new. And there was never this kind of problem before now. But it's clearly not new. If you look at um, those antique ads, you'll see that while styles have changed, a lot of the ideas haven't. You know, the people that they chose for the drawings or the early photographs were examples of the ideal in those days. And maybe the fashion was for a certain hairstyle or even body types you know sometimes the women were voluptuous and then in the 20s they were thin and flat-chested like the flappers and sometimes the men were big and burly or then they became kind of petite and fine-boned but whatever the case it was always and ever about selling an ideal image to the customer. And you know even today right it's the same and it doesn't stop at people either. If you look at the way for example new housing developments are sold to people sometimes you'll see um like a billboard with an image um of what the actual house will look like but more often than not what you'll see is an image of like a laughing happy beautiful family you know the idea is if you buy this house you'll have a laughing happy beautiful family in it right um it's the same with cars You know, they lovingly shoot whatever car it is, show it on an empty road with a gorgeous sunset and soft music and a beautiful woman in the passenger seat and, you know, it's for the same reason. They're trying to sell you on an ideal and they hope that on some subconscious level you'll buy their product because you want this dream. I think actually Axe Cologne is probably the worst offender for this, by the way, um, Their commercials are just preposterous. Honestly, I mean, you're just supposed to douse yourself in this horrendous stuff, and supermodels apparently drop out of the sky right into your lap. You know, it's ridiculous. (laughs) But it must work, because they keep doing it, right? Anyway, the point is, it's not new. And it's not even that bad an idea within reason. Because, you know, we all want the best. We all want good things. We want to feel like we can achieve Good things, great things even. We don't want to see ugliness and poor quality into bad life. I mean, most of us get quite enough of that in reality. But, you know, it's kind of like looking at an Ikea catalog. In a way, (laughs) these rooms, these, these lives, the people, everything is just so fucking perfect. There is no way anyone's home can live up to this, no matter how much Swedish flat pack furniture you buy. You know, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. But we like looking at the glossy images and we like pretending that if we buy this ector couch or this expedite shelf, you know, that we can have this great life. And who knows, maybe having a nice piece of furniture will make us feel good. Who knows? But my point about this <laughs> is that when it comes to concerns about body image or dysmorphia, as it's called, uh, in terms of the media, it's not the media itself that I think is the problem. The problem, I think, is the sheer volume of it that we are exposed to on an average day and how we are starting to believe that what we see in the media represents the world at large or average people. If you think about it, back in the day, the average person didn't see or meet or know all that many people. I mean, unless you lived in midtown Manhattan, you probably only ever personally saw or met the people who lived in your hometown. And for many people, that was fewer than 20,000 people or so. You saw people in movies and TV, of course. But again, it was with the absolute knowledge that these were exceptional people. They were movie stars, celebrities, because they were in the you know 1% or so of people who were very beautiful, or handsome, or talented, or whatever it was. They became our heroes in a very distant sort of way, but nothing that ever really touched our lives. You know, not the way it does now. Your daily life was filled, instead, with the average people of your community. And within that group, you saw the full spectrum of people, from those who were, you know, considered really attractive to (laughs) right down to those who were kind of strange looking or unattractive. You saw old people, you saw young people, didn't matter. They were just people, just the members of your community. And you were used to seeing all of them to the point that where people, again, air quotes, (laughs) just kind of averaged out in your mind. Most were just kind of okay looking. Some were great looking, some weren't, and you didn't have to worry about it too much because you probably fit somewhere in the middle like everybody else did. But in the last 25 years or so, all that changed. And I mention the number of years because that's just one generation of people. And it's really not a lot of time for our psychology to adapt to something that's so drastically different. And I think we're having a hard time adapting emotionally and intellectually to all the rapid changes that's taking place in our society. For one thing is worth thinking about. The world population has exploded to more than 7 billion people. And it happened incredibly quickly. If you think about this, it took 123 years for the world population to go from 1 billion to 2 billion between the years 1804 to 1927. And it only took 12 years to go from 6 billion to 7 billion between 1999 and 2011. And because of modern technology and and our interconnectedness, we are much more aware of each other than ever before. In fact, I think most of us are completely overwhelmed by what technology has enabled the media to present to us. Now it's not uncommon for the average person to see millions of people, probably even hundreds of millions in their lifetime. So the numbers alone mean that we are more likely to see those relatively few exceptional people than ever before. And, and I guess, I suppose this is the real point I'm trying to make here. It makes sense to me anyway, that it's more likely that exceptional people will expose themselves to the world now because they can. If you're a beautiful woman, you aren't going to be afraid to put yourself out there on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and do modeling and get on TV and have a YouTube channel and on and on and on. You know, if you're a guy with a decent body and lots of time to spend in the gym, you know, you're going to work out and get all cut and then show yourself off because you can, right? Because like everyone else in an overcrowded world, you are trying to stand out. You're trying to get noticed, trying to make a living sometimes, trying to find a relationship, that sort of thing. So when the average person Goes online these days, they are inundated with images of near perfection, both because of the sheer numbers of people that are alive in the world now, and because anyone with any kind of good looks or talent is kind of out there in your face trying to be seen. In your parents' or your grandparents' day, they only saw a tiny fraction of the people that you are exposed to on a daily basis, and they didn't have the entire world to compete with in terms of beauty, intelligence, talent, that sort of thing. I think this is leading to a true dysmorphia in a sense that now the average person, especially someone who grew up with the internet, now seriously believes that all people look incredibly beautiful and fit that all women have supermodel figures, and that all men have six-packs, and that all people are insanely rich and privileged and can live like the Kardashians, and and that if you don't, there's something wrong with you. That if you don't, you know, no one will ever love you, essentially. You'll never find someone to love. Just as an example, what I'm talking about here, if you will bear with me, do an image search on Miss America 1927 and then do one on Miss Universe 2014. And look at what increased competition, and the media in general, has done to the standards of beauty in less than a hundred years. And, you know, while there's nothing wrong with any of the girls in the 1927 pageant, not one of them would even make it on the stage in 2014. And so now, You know, girls growing up now believe that this is what women are supposed to look like, what they do look like, and that if you don't measure up, you're a failure. And men have it just as bad, I know. Look up, here's another thing you can do, look up George Reeves as Superman in the 1950s, and then look up Henry Cavill as Superman 2013. The difference is just jaw-dropping, and that's even less time than the comparison between 1927 and and now. So, I have a bit of a homework assignment for you this week. If you want to um, kind of help deprogram yourself from this mindset, there won't be a test, don't worry. What I want you to do, sometime when you can spare half an hour, or ideally longer, is Go to some fairly busy place, like a mall or a college campus or a busy street or somewhere where there's a lot of people, and sit down with a coffee and just people watch. Put away your tablet and your phone and your whatever, and just watch people. For 30 minutes, just casually watch all the people that pass by and pay special attention to the couples. Okay, this is important. I want you to notice them and really see them for what they are which more often than not is average people. What you'll see over time is people of all shapes and sizes and all levels of attractiveness, mostly average-looking people. Not beautiful, not ugly, just average people. Sometimes you might see couples in which one looks way better-looking or younger or whatever (laughs) than the other, but mostly you'll see average people getting together with average people. And if you have a particular thing that you think is a shortcoming in you, something that you're convinced means that you'll never find a partner, then I want you to look out for someone whom you think shares that particular thing with you. If you think you're too skinny, or too fat, or too bald, or too ugly, or whatever it is that you think is a problem, look for someone who shares that and notice that he too, or she too, has a partner. Notice that not every man and woman walking hand-in-hand hand with someone is a stunning beauty. I want you to really look at them. Notice their flaws, if you want, if it helps you. See them for the average, ordinary people they are. And see that the person with them, obviously, has no problem with it and loves them anyway. I guarantee if you do this long enough, you will be very surprised at what you see. And while you're a couple-watching, I also want you to do a bit of a mental exercise. I want you to think of your family and friends and extended people in your life. As many couples as you can think of. Parents, aunts, uncles, cousins, everybody. And really picture them. How many of them are supermodels? I would say none of them. I mean... (laughs) I don't know your family. But, you know, maybe once in a while someone has an absolutely breathtaking cousin or something. But for the most part, most of us come from pretty average-looking people who have nevertheless managed to find a partner and what's more, stay with that partner, often for many, many years. And none of them had to have six-packs or bulging biceps or be a supermodel to get that partner. So off you go. Go do your homework. (laughs) And and think about what I said. Think about it the next time you turn on your computer or your tablet or your phone or your watch or your TV or, you know. Think about why you are seeing an avalanche of exceptional people. And remember that it doesn't represent the real people around you. And it certainly says nothing about your worth in comparison. Okay? I mean it. I'm going to check on you. (laughs) So thanks again for listening to this little ramble with me under the covers. I'll be back next week with another episode. So until then, stay sexy, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.